This episode is brought to you by our friends at Detroit Boxing Company. They're a clothing brand that focuses on quality and comfort. I have a few of their shirts and they are comfy as hell. And not only are you going to look great, but I swear when I put my shirt on, I can throw my jab cross hook way better. Maybe that's just the placebo effect, but I swear it looked way better. If you want to learn more about the company and what TJ has been putting together, you should listen to episode number 36 of the podcast. I had a chance to talk to him about his motivations and what inspired him to start the company. He's a wonderful dude and what he's putting out is great. So be sure to check out their website at DetroitBoxingCompany.com. And at the checkout, make sure you use the word CoreyCast, all one word, no E, C-O-R-Y-C-A-S-T, and save yourself 10% at checkout. It's time to treat yourself. Thank you so much for listening to the show. The love and support that you guys show me is such a wonderful thing. From the text messages to social media posts, it's just a constant reminder of how many awesome people I have in my life. If you want to support the show, make sure you subscribe, follow, like the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Share it with your friends and tell them what your favorite episode is. If you think yourself or someone you may know would be great on the podcast, reach out to me and we can make it happen. I love putting these out and getting a chance to talk to so many interesting people is so incredible. So thank you for giving me your time and I appreciate you guys more than I can put into words. I love you people very much. Dave Hatch, one of my longtime friends, joins the podcast today. What I've loved about Dave throughout the years that I've known him, he's always been so kind, positive, hilarious, genuine, and he's always just cared about being the best version of himself. And that's what I've always really appreciated about Dave. This podcast, we really dove into our love for Dungeons & Dragons. And by God, was that awesome. Because I know Dave had played, but he's never really expressed his thoughts or shared his feelings on why Dungeons & Dragons is so special to him. And being able to listen to what, why it makes him so happy was such a joy and pleasure. So I hope you enjoy this podcast with my very good friend, who I love very much, Dave Hatch. Dun, dun. Dave true? Hatch has joined the podcast. I am so very excited. Is that your intro? Is that yeah, like the intro to every episode? So when some guests aren't named David, it just sounds weird. It's like, <laughs> no, my name's Mike, not Dave. Whoa, wait a minute. Hang on, real quick. Is that a lemon seltzer water? Hey, it is orange pineapple Wegmans, Danny Wegman. Ginger. That's what's up, dude. <laughs> That's what helped me cut down so much on. Uh, like sodas and stuff. Oh, I know. I love it. It's amazing. I uh, I feel the same way. I feel like once you get into that groove of not like drinking like this like sugary sweetness of a soda, and you like keep you know fulfilling that space with like the seltzer water, it kind of like becomes soda for you. Yeah. Like for yeah. me, it's like it's people texture. are like, oh, you want like a soda or something? And I'm like, oh yeah. Do you have like you know? Like a pineapple orange seltzer Ooh, water, like fancy, <laughs> like... fancy. Nah, man. Yeah, no. I would definitely, I definitely still drink. Like I'm, I'm a guy who likes a rum and coke, but right. I am, I definitely have cut off way more than I have. Dude, in high school, that was like, I think my blood was about sixty percent <laughs> Mountain Dew, thirty percent actual blood, right. and then what's the right like ten percent water? <laughs> dude, dude, don't don't throw a mat. You didn't invite me onto this podcast to throw <laughs> questions about math at me. You're going to be Dave, asking I'm glad me you're in the hot seat. <laughs> yeah. you, now that you're in the hot seat, this has all been a part of the ploy to bring you onto the show for, ladies and gentlemen, Corey's <laughs> math quizzes. <laughs> the, the like, uh, the uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire like song goes on. <laughs> First so Saskatchewan <laughs> yeah. is a province of what Canada? state can i get a definition <laughs> of uh state <laughs> where's Dave, canada mostly I, I brought you on the podcast because listen this is my real goals 
I want to hear what's going on in your D and D world right now. You're playing a campaign with Danny, right? So my campaign with Danny, it was more of like a one-off. Okay. But I think because Danny just, um, you know, got a place and he's setting up, he is like so excited about creating a space and an atmosphere Mm. for all of us to be able to do like, you know, go there, like do like sessions pretty consistently. So you guys are taking some, some time off while he gets settled in the house. It's honestly, it's been, it's been a hiatus from a lot of the campaigns that I've been playing, which has been awful because I love it so much. And are you saying multiple, are you campaigns plural? Are you playing in somebody else's? Yeah, so my buddy Whoa. Clay is also like a DM, and actually he was the DM for a f- couple campaigns that we have been doing over the past three years. Whoa! Um, it started. I want. It started about three years ago, or it might be two years, two or three years ago. It's hard to. I feel like you know the COVID year kind of like extended everything. It wasn't yeah. like an actual year. into a blur, <laughs> right? Um. So obviously there was a hiatus for that because we didn't want to be like meeting in person and stuff for that stuff. But um, before that, we had um, sessions start relatively shortly after like the new year. We went in, uh, we would meet maybe once or twice a month and we would like go through this campaign. And um, it was phenomenal because it lasted so long but it was always so like high energy and high imagination and very like, you know, pull you in and keep you guessing and keep you moving. So I don't mean it, to interrupt you, but was no, this a homebrew absolutely. campaign or was this um, something from a book? So we started with um, what's called, oh, um, I believe it's called, no, because 5e is what we did. Because so we started with um, a more simplistic version of D and D to get us all Whoa, like cool. into it. Um, it has a name, and the name is uh, slipping me right now. But um, 5e is the current edition, right? right? Yeah, 5e is what we play now. But beforehand, we were doing something that basically, like you know, it gives you like your stats and it pulls you into the game, and it basically just teaches you how to play Dungeons and Dragons um, from, you know, for, for Clay, it was a DM standpoint. And for us, it was, you know, the character standpoint, but it really, I think it, what it really wanted to you, you to do is to get in there, you know, get your imagination flowing, get creative and like understand the idea. Like, yeah. cause you know, we, when we're kids, we, we can pick something up and it could be a single object imagine you're a kid and you pick up a lego i mean that lego teleports you to a whole new world like all of a sudden that lego brick is a pirate ship right exactly it's it's just like but think about how easy it is like to just be teleported to somewhere as like when you were a kid like how how easy was it to just get lost yeah in your imagination right right so it's kickstarting that again because you know as adults we don't really have that same eye you know we don't have that like creative mind anymore you know it's filled with ones and zeros and and crazy Corey's math equations (laughs) yeah no that's uh i i heard uh I think um, Brendan Lee Mulligan said that it was like a lot of times people don't try things because they like know what it's like. They're like, ooh, triathlons. I I'm, I don't want to do that. Sounds like a lot. Right. And that's Easy. it's going to be a lot of work. Right. Or you're like, it, pick up guitar. You're like, ooh, that's going to be they have this idea of what it is in their head. But with D&D, I think people think like it's like they have this certain idea that it's D is this when really it's just a game. It's just a fun, low pressure game. If you have playing with friends Absolutely. and it's like, that's what it is, right? It's our, us using our imagination and totally separate pull, from what you think. Right. It pulls you now. into like, because it's like, I don't know, for me, it's the same way. Like if I watch like a movie or if I'm playing a really like good game that I've just gotten right. or something like you get so enveloped in what you're doing that the, 
I mean, without even realizing it, the world around you just disappears and you are this character that you're controlling or you are that character. You know, I'm Spider-Man swinging like through the like houses and stuff and saving Mary Jane and all that stuff. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm I'm this dude like running around, like chopping zombies all up and stuff like that. Yeah, and right, right. You just you get so enveloped and stuff like that. And with Dungeons and Dragons, it's the same thing. You know, you you disappear. Like everything outside of the room you're in is is gone, and it's right. an amazing feeling to really feel like you have that that imagery in your brain of of what you used to have as a child. Because you know, it it's not as easy as it used to be. It's, yeah, it's you're right. It's not. <laughs> what when uh, did you start getting into D and D heavily? Because it sounds like it's been the past what three years you said when you started playing with this guy yeah absolutely so i i always loved the idea of dungeons and dragons but i always knew like into what you were saying like whenever somebody would bring up like dungeons and dragons or say like hey you know what if we played dungeons and dragons i always think to myself that sounds so cool but I'm so nervous because like then you <laughs> then you see like a character sheet or you yeah. see, you know, like you see like the Dungeons and Dragons like player handbook that's like, you know, a thick and you're like, like that's so many rules. You're like, wait a minute. I haven't read a book since I was in middle school. What am I doing here? <laughs> now you gotta <laughs> like, read a goddamn encyclopedia. <laughs> right. But it's not like that. It's not it's, oh, it's it's fun. You know, it's 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 really it oh man it just it recreates that creativity that you just you don't feel like you have anymore that creativity that is a great that was uh you know it's funny because that's what my mother-in-law said to me a few months ago you know i've been playing D more and more at least talking about it more with people and uh she was like that that game has so many rules and i go yeah you're right and i don't know about half of them and she goes well how do you what do you mean you don't know half of them well I don't we don't have to use a good majority of them. And then sometimes if it's questionable, we just are like, uh, we'll make up something and just go with <laughs> right. it. Have the like, time. We'll look it up like later. Real life, too. I mean, think about think about all the rules or all the things that exist in real life. Right. Like, yeah, we have encyclopedias to give us that information. It's the same in Dungeons and Dragons, except in Dungeons and Dragons, your DM is either like following like this a story, a pre-written story, or completely making it up off on the spot. Which so is a like, baller move, by the way, to like come into a <clears throat> session. Home, like, there's some people who like say they homebrew. Right. And they create their own like adventures or modules to play. But just like only just freeballing it, like taking it a step further and not even thinking, okay, I need this great big town. I'll think of it on the spot. That is some gangster level shit right there. Right. Because then it's just like, you're going to a major city and you're like, Oh crap. I got to think of a name. Uh, (laughs) Starfall. That is the capital of the four swords coast. And like, I'm like, this, wait, can you repeat that so I can write that down? And they're like, I don't remember what I said. I that's the you have to come up with that stuff like on the spot, not have that ready. Right. I don't know. I don't think I know anybody who plays like that. Well, that would so be something special. That's how that's how Clay DMs. Where he, what he that's does, cool. he he like the current like session that we haven't like played in a little while is a homebrew. Um, he basically takes. He takes like snippets of ideas from here and there um, and he kind of like creates his own story. Mm-hmm. Um, so cool. what he does is he brings to the table like, you know, obviously you have like A to B, you know, A is where you start and B is where the story goes to where you have all these sub trails that go all over the place in any direction, because you never know where your characters are going to, you know, move. You never know what they're going to want to do. So for him, what he does is he actually, he says uh, it's his homework where he will take like, you know, what's going to happen in this session. 
he'll make notes for everything, you know, any possible NPCs we might encounter, any like villages we might go to. Like he really tries to like get a big broad spectrum of things that we could run into while also utilizing a lot of the things online that there already are like, you know, pre-builts for uh, yeah. maybe encounters or something like that. Like, you know, it's like a monster traveling. mash. Right, exactly. So he'll he'll basically, you know, draw up a plan of what's going to happen then have the session, then after the session ends, he takes everything that happened and kind of like rewrites or moves things around to make sure that they still make sense in the story and that they can continue on while also cool. emphasizing like the things that we did in our last like session. I mean, that's it, pretty, that's dope, dude. How, how many people are in that group? <laughs> so um, there's usually five or six of us wow that's a big party yeah so that is like another thing in D D where it can get a little like strenuous because there's six of us and everybody you know in in battle everybody has a turn and yep. when we're in like a city or something we might not always be together so yeah. it does make sessions last a little bit longer but i mean right. i think everybody has so much fun and there are a lot that's of people who play Dungeons and Dragons, who, I mean, for me, I always try to be a very, like, charismatic character. Like, I try yeah, to be I was going to ask, who are you playing in that campaign? Because I, I just think of, like, if I had to make a a bard-like character, I would flavor him with Dave Hatch personality. Right. <laughs> so I think that it's... <clears throat> so I have to tell you one thing before I go into that. If you tell me right now that you played a bard, I'm going to shit my pants. <laughs> no. I, that's actually that's a character that I want to play that I haven't. So like I'm not even kidding. The first character that I played um, was this character called Colfang, and I it might sound familiar. Danny's done a bunch of stuff with it, maybe not. But so Colfang is it was uh, um, was <clears throat> unfortunately he has <gasps> perished. Peace, Cole. Cole um, thing. But so. That was Colfang was like my first real character in Dungeons and Dragons. Now, for me, I wanted to make a character who was kind of shy, um, kind of timid, standoffish, kind of like you know. How are you timid with a name Colfang? Okay, so his race is he is um, oh man, and it's draw I'm drawing a blank on the the like actual name, but it's like it's basically like a lizard society that lives mm -hmm. underground. Oh, um, yeah, but yeah. they're they're like I mean, they're like chaotic evil naturally or something like that. but uh, um so, but I basically, my story was I wasn't like my mother was being like halted away. and my character, who basically was still an egg, like the mother was holding on to an egg um and being halted away in like a prison gate, being just like brought away. And, you know, it's one of those scenarios where she's holding onto the egg, the crate hits like a rock or something, you know, she stumbles and the egg falls out of the carriage, like onto the side road into like a brush or something like that. And, you know, she's freaking out and they're, you know, the guards are just like, you know, back you vile beast, like stabbing her and like getting her to be quiet and stuff. And like, and so, like that kind of like ends the relationship of Colfang and his mom. Like he doesn't know of that. So a wizard comes and like finds Colfang and basically like knows the, like, you know, finds an egg on the ground. And the egg is like ridiculously hot to the touch. Cause you're, you know, you're, I'm a, I'm a, like a, basically a fire lizard. And oh, okay. I, uh, you know, he, He's seen this, he knows what this is, so he takes it in. And, you know, fast forward, I basically raised by this, you know, this human wizard. That's who, badass. You know, and, oh, and it's just. It's you so said that character was like the first real character you got to play? Yes. Were they, was it special to you because you played him the longest or because the story had like the most impact on you? So, my favorite thing in the world like freelance ish is to just like write stories and D and D gave me an outlet to do that with. Whoa. Um, so when, I, when I knew that I was going to be playing Colfang, I basically 
wrote like a three or four page <laughs> I love that. intro story for Colfang, yeah. which uh which Danny uh for my birthday one year went on like fiverr or something like that and had a bunch of people do like illustrations and like actually read off my like there, there's a youtube video like after this oh, is over i'll have to show it to you because yeah it's, it's really phenomenal but um it's it's it was just like it's another one of those outlets that kind of gives me that like you know i disappear like when i start writing yeah. like when i start writing a backstory for a good character i'm like i'm like you know, I'm putting my heart and soul Sucked into in. it. I'm sitting in there and I'm writing in before. I Where know do you I pull your like influences from? Is this just like a freestyle or is it like, like it's, a movie character you base it off of TV show character? So I think I, I think unintentionally, I always pepper a little bit of myself into a character because I always want to be able to relate to my characters. Um, right. I always want to feel like I'm not like, completely in the dark when i'm playing like when i'm role playing as a character um which <clears throat> therein lies like the issue later in the actual sessions when i created the character but i think i um i think i take like my current you know life and how i'm feeling or something like that and i kind of like put it into this character because it always feels good to you know, take an emotion, put it onto something else and play out that emotion, you know, through Dungeons and Dragons. It's basically yeah. like an emotional outlet. Yeah. Um, it, do you think I, that is what draws you to Dungeons and Dragons the most is like the the role playing or do you like the crunchy numbers combat? Oh, it's got it's absolutely the role playing. Um, yeah. I, I get so like sucked into it and playing Colfang was actually kind of hard for me because he's like a shy character. And when we were in an instance where an NPC was talking to us and none of the other characters or like, you know, nobody really like any other people at the table knew like how to like talk. I was always like, you know, I would always kind of like be in the back and be like, you know, Colfang steps forward and he kind of like raises his hands and, and he opens his mouth. But <laughs> Colfang was a character that was like deemed, you know, like an abomination. Oh, so yeah. me being like the charismatic person that I am in real life, it was very hard for me to play a shy character that always yeah. wanted to kind of speak up, but would always get like, you know, oh, like, what is that thing? Don't let that thing talk to me. Like, don't let that thing talk. And I would always get like, you know, Clay would always like use the NPCs to push me back and like push me and like try to like, you know, make oh, it because so you're I... like this only like weird, like lizard person. <clears throat> right. Exactly. Oh, shit. Yeah. So uh, a salamander or it was, yeah, it was a salamander. Uh, I, 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 there's gotta be like, I wish I could remember like the name of it, but that's okay. It's not um, yeah. But it, it's, it's really like, it's fun to make a character that, you know, you want to imagine yourself in their shoes. Yeah. I feel like too, a lot of times I'll, I'll go the opposite of like how I'm feeling and I'll be like, okay, I want to play out somebody who's doing this or, you know, somebody who's doing that. So I think it's a really cool way to, you know, change it up and put yourself in the shoes of things. Yeah. And... I find it very, um, I hope I'm using this word correctly. Cathartic. I think so. I yeah. It. It's like, like a relief, a, a mental relief to like a release to play Dungeons and Dragons. Cause it's, it is, it's just like a form of escapism. Like I play a dwarf paladin in our campaign. Mike plays a human wizard. And um, when I was drafting Ragnar up, I just knew like I wanted to play like someone who would always do like the right thing, who would be like right and just and always try to uh, do good by things. And uh, only because like it would make it easier for me to envision me being in his shoes as opposed to like a villain who's holding Fandolin hostage and is going <laughs> to blow it up with a, a bomb or whatever you know what I, mean? yeah. like I would have a hard time associating being in that that person's shoes but ragnar on the other hand the guy who kind of does the right thing 
you know, it does is a, a cool adventurer. Like who doesn't want to do all these cool, awesome, like like a bunch of dragons and stuff like right. that. You know, to me, it's like a release. In my three years of playing Dungeons and Dragons, I think I've only ever fought a dragon once. Really? <laughs> yeah. really? Well, I, that's like... that's the thing when it's like we always play uh, written campaigns. Like we started with the the starter kit, which was the Lost Minds of Fandelver, and then we moved in to um, man, what was the one we just did? Because I think there was one more, and then we did uh, Tiamat. Okay. The Rise of Tiamat. I feel like we did, we're just about to finish the Rise of Tiamat. And I don't know if you've seen Tiamat, but that's this like six headed dragon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's like very like, it's interesting because it's like political discourse and like cool combat because it's cultists and the cultists are like trying to collect a mass to raise this, to raise Tiamat. It's very cool. And we've, we've had a chance to play, uh, and fight i think we're up like four dragons now but that's only because this module is written for dragon encounters i mean you're gonna fight a five-headed dragon there's you're gonna fight a couple dragons on the way right we had a we had a um a uh a session or well not a session but a uh like a run through or campaign that's the word i was looking for we had a campaign where we were doing something kind of similar but we were looking for um like different uh giants like there were each elemental like giants and in order for us to get to where we needed to be or for the giants to help us we had to go through like different sections of the campaign and find different elemental giants and get them out of the situation that they were in and like free them from like the prisons that they had been like you know in in incarcerated in and that was oh you're collecting the infinity stones yeah (laughs) we're collecting the infinity stones with a mask but it's funny though that you say that um like when with your character like how you want to like do good because that was really like the idea that i had too also behind cole fang because inside of him was so much like evil because you know that's just how like that's those people are right his people you know his people are right his race they're they're evil they're bad It, it would be so easy for him to be aggressive or to be you know but he tried so hard to always be you know like righteous and like positive and even though he was like you know casting like black flames that came from like within him that was like his magic that he used was like internal like flame magic yeah absolutely um and it was uh it was that battle between like the evil inside of you and the want to always do good that yeah. like was a really strong character development. So how did you like <clears throat> RP that throughout the session? Oh, I mean, there were so many, <laughs> God, like just like I'm different like, moments that I'm like, set up. it's no, you're asking me. And I'm like remembering all these like little snippets in the campaign where like Cole Fang was like, and that's my favorite thing too. Like the RP of it all. Like I love going like all out. Like, I don't know how you are in Dungeons and Dragons, but like if I'm in like a, um, an actual like moment where my character would like sort of like snap or have like, you know, an internal monologue about like, what's going on right now i will literally like push back my chair and like stand up in front of the table and i'll be like you know i will i i and i think that like kind of like flurries back into the whole like just getting lost in it because that's like um so my coal fang found found a salamander at one point and like the salamander like you know just a small salamander that like crawled on coal fang and was like essentially uh I think it wasn't meant to be anything, but it was one of those things where um, I was like, I was like, well, uh, I was like, Cole Fang tries to like, you know, pet the salamander and like try to like, you know, like feed it or something like that. And, you know, the DM was like, all right, like, you know, roll for, you know, like how well, right, literally. So boom, like nat 20, nat 20, nat 20, nat 20. I was like, I was on fire with the salamander. That's awesome. So, throughout the campaign i had a salamander on my shoulder because i rolled so well that i constantly had like a tiny little salamander um 
So now herein lies the part where Colfang, this person who has so much like pent up evil and like, you know, hatred inside of him, who's always doing good and stuff. We were in like this desert and all of a sudden this like firestorm was like running through and everybody was rolling for like hiding like we all had just received these um like basically like turtle shells that like were kind of like you know big turtle shells that people were rolling to hide people were rolling to like oh, dig to, like, holes in the ground in the storm. right so coal fang has a natural um immunity to fire so Colfang was just helping other people get into their like you know help helping them so that right. they were safe because he knew that he was going to be fine so you know this this firestorm rolls over us and i have to roll to um see how like the the firestorm affects me and i rolled a nat one yeah and so <clears throat> and so my dm i mean clay is phenomenal with like imagery and like really like bringing you into like what's happening he's like you know the the flames subside and the you know the clouds of smoke like move away you know people start lifting the shells up from where they are and they're like coming to and cole fang is just looking around and you know looking at himself and realizing that you know everything's fine and nothing bad happened and then, and then the DM goes, but Colfang notices that there's no longer a small voice on his shoulder. No. And, and so, and so the salamander had essentially like, was like basically a, a you know, a crispy chicken nugget. Yeah, a <laughs> so, crispy salamander nugget. So in Colfang's like rage, um, this was another thing too that me and um, Clay kind of figured out where there would be sort of like this rage meter because if Cole Fang would get like too angry, he would sort of like, you know, his evilness would kind of take over or it would be, it would kind of like explode out of him in rage. It's like that scene from uh, Hercules when, you know, Hades is like, ah! and like the blue flames just like oh, shoot up yeah, everywhere yeah. and, I mean, that was essentially like Cole Fang's like eyes would kind of like turn black and he would just be like covered in like flames and stuff. So right. when that happened, I had to roll for um, like my anger check and I did awful for it. So I I remember I was like, I was like, so Cole Fang, like he was basically throwing a tantrum in a sense. And he was yeah. like, you know, fire was going out and everybody kind of like ducked back down into their little holes and stuff. And I took the salamander off my shoulder. And then I, you know, I looked up to my DM and I was like, I want to like cast like a, a flame in my hands, like holding my hands like this. I was like, and he goes, all right, roll for it. And I, I roll a nat 20. And, uh, <laughs> and don't and you so, lo love that? As, as like the, and, it's even better when it's in one of those like moments where you're like, God, if I could roll, you know, like a nat yeah. 20 right now, that would yeah. be like, you know, something amazing. So I do like, I roll a nat 20. And so all the like anger and fire that is like, like forming through coal fang, like generates through his hands and you see all the fire in his hands and his like skin turns like dark or like bright red as his hands and his face turn red and all of a sudden he like stops because the anger subsides and he opens his hands and there's like a lime green gem in his hands <gasps> so but hear me out so <clears throat> one of yeah. one of the i think danny's character had like uh could like metal manipulate or something like that where he could kind of like like turn or, or actually i think cole fang could do it because cole fang had like a warm or like hot touch and he could like melt down things and uh -huh. like turn them into like cr crude so i had this gem in my hand and um it was glowing. It was like a glowing gem that basically like, you know, I found like I had like some silver or something in and I melted it and I basically turned it into a necklace and I wore it for the rest of the game. But every now and then like the um, clay would kind of like bring that necklace into the game and yeah. be like, you know, you hear whispers from your necklace and it calms you and your, your anger subsides yeah. and you know that like the salamander is still with but, you. <laughs> but I'll tell you those rules, the nat ones 
or the twenties, the right? Like if you don't know D and D people at home, a one worst thing that could happen, you have to auto fail on whatever you're trying to do. 20 being the best, right? Those kind of moments really can shape a game and give you those opportunities to role play like that, right? It's difficult too because uh the first town that we were in uh no longer exists because of Nat One rolls. <laughs> Ah, that's but that's world changing you know what i mean or else you get so many cookie cutter like every time you'd play but every time you play is vastly different and i guarantee you if you gave that same that same start to mike dennis and i we would take it in a completely different direction too oh yeah absolutely it's nuts to me how luck you know and just like you're saying can completely change the course. Like, you know, you think you're going in this direction and then you're accidentally turned around because you rolled a nat one. And now somebody that was going to help you hates you. And like, and will is trying to like murder you now. So you're like, you got to run in a different direction. And, and yeah. Oh man. It's so fun to just like, to have that like creativity, but also never know where it's going to go. Like, were you a theater kid in school? No, but I always wanted to be. So this is like, that's why I thought you're, you're so charismatic. That's why I thought like, maybe you Mm -hmm. were, you were doing a lot of plays or something because it kind of fits the bill for that, for that interest. You know? Yeah. It's funny to me too. And because I when growing up, I always wanted to be involved and stuff like that, but it just was one of those things that, I always thought like, I don't know. I feel like it was more or less just like, I never, I could never find that, that in, or like, I could never have, I never had somebody that kind of was like, do it, you know, like, go do it. You got this. And encouraging. That's, that's what I like. I'm thankful that I got to play with like Dennis and Mike. Like we played once before, right? Yeah, like a long fucking time ago. Oh yeah. Once, but nobody knew the rules. We were just making shit up, right? Yeah, that that but like though playing with people you know gave me the comfort of like should I try a voice out? Should I should I try acting my character with with more emotion like you like to stand up or or perform them a little bit. And it's kind of nice when you can just do it in front of friends cuz I mean, who cares? Oh they, yeah, well, they, I mean, who stand cares up and act out in front of your your character. I'm going to love that. I'm going to love every second of it. Please oh, do it. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like those Yeah that's the kind of stuff that it's, but when you play with a group of people, you might not know might make it a little harder. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. Right. That, so I, uh, not to like sway, like in a completely different direction, but I actually took, um, a class at my work and it was called Dale Carnegie and it's a public speaking class. Um, and basically we go through and they just kind of like, you know, give you tips and tricks on how to like control yourself and like control like your like sort of like emotions in a public speaking area because people i mean people get so nervous when they have to yeah. speak in front of other people and i totally get that i am the same way but i like you i like take those nerves and i'm like this is what i'm riding on you know what i mean like i'm gonna take these nerves you take those nerves and you just make everybody laugh and i with them. push it yeah that's that and i told i i had is a that, was that your biggest takeaway throughout that whole class like what was your biggest takeaway so the biggest takeaway for me was that you you really can't overthink it because if you are like stressing about talking in front of like public and stuff like that, you're only going to drive your nerves more. Uh, You know, you kind of, you have to like, we would always start like each session by like breathing in, you know, and breathing out and the timer starts and you would just start, you know, you would start sort of quote unquote riffing, (laughs) if you will, you would just start like basically every week we had a topic and you would do a 90 second speech in front of like a class of 30. Um, Oh, interesting. It was, it was phenomenal. I mean, I, I won five awards in the, in the, in the whole like uh, thing. I won uh, a plaque for uh, highest achievement in the entire like 
thing. Like I was like, every, at the end, everybody voted for who they thought was the best at like speaking <laughs> publicly. And I love I that. And um, oh man, but that was that recently. That was so. That was end of 2019, beginning of 2020. Or wait, so that was yes, yeah. So it was. So it's that about, you had already been playing D and D by then. So they invited me in, and then I went through the class, and they, you know, I got my awards and everything. And then a month later, they contacted me and asked me if I would be a coach for the class, like if I would help train people who are new in the class. And yeah. I did it, and I went through that, and then afterwards they were like hey do you want to be a coach again and unfortunately i had just moved to like a new store so i was like i have to like sit out but it's something that i'm like really like passionate about so i feel like public speaking absolutely wow what is it about uh, it that that you love so much it's the thrill you know it's it's the the nerves the nerves that you take that you feel like you're you just feel so scared when you stand in front of people and you 100 percent you can you feel your heart know. in your throat. Right, exactly. And for me, that is like, I mean, to feel is to live. You know what I mean? Like when I'm up there and I feel like, you know, my chest is tight and my heart is pounding, like that's when I'm on top of the world. Like, and I love like talking, especially like I, if it's something that I can, you know, go off of, or if it's something that I'm passionate about, I can talk forever. Like, I love it. It's, it's, amazing to me which is why i'm awful at dates because i just talk too much <laughs> but it's it's that excitement it's that excitement that you feel and as soon as you're done it's like a wave of pressure goes off of you right. and you feel so accomplished because and i mean it can be you feel refreshed right exactly you feel so good because you just like pushed yourself to break through that feeling of you know like that of your body just being like don't do this like step back like move away from it you know what i mean yeah and have you done any dming to use like the public speaking so i want to dm but i've always been a character i and i hate i i've definitely always been um I've always been a character because I feel like I would need to know more about like the Dungeons and Dragons world in a whole. Can I propose something to you? Yeah, absolutely. I say we all do an adventure and you DM for Danny, me, Spooches. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Right? Dude. We would be in, and what better to like break in your DM skills with with us? Just a bunch of buddies. Yeah, who will be who will be there to you know like help out if I get stuck? Like I think, yeah, no, that'd be cool. I like that idea. You don't know the rule? It's all right, dude. We'll just Google search it real quick, and here we go. We got an answer right back on track. Let's hear it. (laughs) I feel like you would do really good with DMing because it's not. There's no more just one character. Dave, there's right. multiple characters. And I think you would enjoy like you're maybe you can't be in the position of the evil, big, bad, evil guy, but right. you're not playing him for three years straight. You're just <laughs> right. dipping your toes in him for a little bit and kind of getting to to try your like acting things out with each little character. Absolutely. I feel like you would love that. It's like a lot of improv. Like it's just like 100%. it's going with the flow and you know, like Bro, that is why. I love Dungeons and Dragons is the improv. I like the moments of just think about our friendship. Our entire life has just been jokes. And then when someone would say something, we would then just add to it and then we would laugh. And then Dave would add to that story to make it even more grandiose and hilarious. And, and then, then it keeps going out. until it doesn't make sense to anybody exactly. except for all of us. Because that's we what, were yeah, that's what that's what you're doing, right? You're just like it's like a given to like Dave in his character. Cole Fang does this cool thing with a salamander, and then it's like you got to riff off of that and give him something bad, you know? Like I I love those kind of moments, and I don't I don't know why that is so appealing to me. Maybe it goes back to the escapism. Yeah, absolutely. I think Maybe really that's, it, that's what it's all about. So it looks like you're going to be DMing for us then. 
Yeah, I look forward to it. But I'm what? nervous. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take those nerves. I'm going to shove them deep it. down. I'm going to go full force. You know what I mean? I'm going to jam them deep down inside <laughs> me, and I'm going to they're going to come straight out of me. <laughs> that's what I mean, bro. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. So, is there um, a character that you would love to play that you have not yet played? Okay, so this ties back to the bard. Okay. Because, okay. Oh, so, the bard that is you. Well, so hear me out. Like every character that I've ever played, I always try to play a character that's a little bit opposite of me, so I can put myself in new shoes. So uh, okay. The idea of you being... take you and you add a little flaw to it. Right, exactly. So the idea of being a bard or somebody who's just over the top, always, you know, like I would a, shit got my a silver pants tongue. If you said you played a bard instead of a sorcerer. Like <laughs> I, I was gonna shit my pants because I've told Mike before, and this isn't an insult. I just think that if I was to have to put you with a character, it would be a bard. Yeah. No, I because you're I charismatic. You're yeah. lovable. You're hilarious. You're an entertainer. <laughs> right. And I think that too, I mean, that's why I kind of always try to be like something else because it's almost like too easy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I want yeah. my character to be a little bit of a challenge to me, but at the same time, I think the idea of being a bard would be like me just being me and really mm -hmm. being able to like play and like utilize like my Exactly. I'd say I have a little bit of a natural ability to kind of just like pull things out of thin air and, and work off of it, which is what, you know, the Dale Carnegie class was always about. It was like, you know, make a speech, but I would, people would be like, oh, I, I practiced for like five hours yesterday. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I haven't thought about, I forgot what the topic was until I was standing in front of the podium and I was about to give my speech. I was like, it's, off it's, just, it's just 90 seconds of just like, you know, okay, what's something that happened, you know, in the, in the, in the arena of the topic and go off of it and just right. keep, keep expanding details and keep talking, you know, like it's the idea of being a bard is just that, you know, playing with your details that in front of are in front of your eyes, taking in, you know, if you're sitting there, you know, strumming your lute and, and you're one of your like companions just got punched in the face, make a joke about it, but in the form of like a little bit of a, like a ditty or a little song or something, because, you know, you're, you're giving them that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Punch in the face. How does it feel? Mm. I bet it hurts. I wouldn't <laughs> know I'm over here. <laughs> and then boom, plus that. one to their next role. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Dude. Would do you think that'll be like your next character that you play as a bard? I definitely want to be a bard. Sounds like you thought like about it. I, 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 it's funny too, cause my, my, my most recent character was, uh, a half orc warrior with split personality disorder. So nice. clay, clay wanted us to all pick characters that had like flaw, like a one, one very unique flaw. And I said, okay, I'm a half orc. I said, and I have a split personality, Clarence and Olga. Clarence is like a very <laughs> shy uh, you know, timid, like scaredy, like cat. And then Olga is this big brute woman. Like basically yes, Clarence is it. the human side and Olga is the orc side. So, and I, it's kind of, it's kind of like, um, uh, that like, uh, Jacqueline Hyde situation, Yeah. but, oh man, dude, I had there something that would trigger her, her <clears throat> swapping back and forth between personalities. So Clarence was terrified of confrontation and battle so oh, okay. clarence as soon as clarence would get hit by something uh like olga's or well clarence and olga's hair would like pull back and tie itself and as Whoa. soon as everybody in the party saw that like clarence's hair just got pulled did you back, get that from somewhere or did you just come up with that no it was fly? just it was like something that i just thought of i wanted was that premeditated going into the game or were you like i'm just gonna find that little that switch it, for it was premeditated only because i wanted to i knew that my or so I knew that my other characters or that the characters in my party were not going to know about the split personality disorder. 
So for me, I needed to give them a visual of what happens when the character changes because Clarence would black out when Olga was in charge and Olga would uh, black out when Clarence was in charge and they didn't know about each other. Okay. So when Clarence would come to and there's a bunch of, you know, like dead robbers on the That's like funny. road or something like there and I'm covered in blood and holding like a battle axe and everybody around me is just like, you know, like looking at me like wide eyed and yeah. Clarence would be like, oh god what happened you know where are we like i i don't know what's happening that's interesting dude i gotta tell you though (laughs) it took so long for somebody like for one of the other characters in the campaign to explain to clarence that when he blacked out something else like took over and they all were just like yeah i don't know just a bunch of dead bodies moving on so they would all kind of like look past it and try to like continue on with what was happening. So for half of the story, Clarence was like, I don't know what's going on. We keep moving around. And every time I black out, I come to and we're in a new space and there's a bunch of dead people and stuff like yeah, that. What is so, going on? So the story but, from her perspective is so scary. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like she's only, she only comes to when something just like, you know, punched me in the face or something like that. But, oh, man, dude, I it's funny. It's funny that no one thought of that. I I just like now I want to play D&D. Like, I wish I wish I was going from this to like back into like the sessions and stuff. Because that's so much fun. I know, dude, that's I'm like, we're about to. So Dennis says we have about two or three more weeks left of our current campaign. Then we're done like that. That ends the the longest characters I've ever played. Wow. The bit, level 16 biggest character i've ever got to two more sessions we're done with them completely it's a wrap it we're two weeks away and it's emotional for me right now oh I'm yeah like, it's sad because i'm like i don't want to put him away like i love him so much but then there's another part of me that's excited because now i'm starting to brainstorm what i want to play in this new campaign and i want to go like i kind of take a lot of my flavors from like comic books or uh like cool animes that i watch this time i'm I was watching a preview for Venom and I was like, that looks cool. I wonder how could you make that into like a cool D and D thing. And it eventually led to me deciding I'm going to play a warlock that gave up wanted power so bad to get some, I'm going to probably his daughter. Maybe he lost his daughter and he gave up everything he could to these hags and they took his eye out and put in their eye. And then every now and then this thing takes over his body like Damn. he loses kind of like like that but venom if i'm correct eddie brock is conscious when he's being taken over like he knows the shit venom does right right that's right. what i I'm, I'm that's how i'm going to play it yeah because he like knew he's not in not control but he yes. sees it right <clears throat> and I, that's what i want to play the contradiction of like someone who's pretty pretty i would say he's lawful He's a good person. He just would do anything to get his daughter back, right? He would do he would go to the ends of the world, give up everything to get his daughter back. Doesn't change that he's a good person and doesn't intend to hurt people. Maybe right. maybe he's going to kill people to get to his daughter, right? But the other side of him, those hags when they take over, I want to add like I want them to take over like, "Ah, he has a voice now." And he <laughs> sounds like this. Yeah. And like he starts to like his face starts to demorph into like an old lady or something. I don't know. Like I want to, I want to make kind of like that venom battle ass character. Cause like that character with your half orc personality, that kind of sounds very similar. Right. That's no, funny. Dude, dude, I I'm, are you the type of person who like, you're like, Oh man, that's like a really good, like, D and D character and you like mm-hmm. kind of like jot it down, but you've got like a list of character, like yeah. would be characters, but not enough people or like, you know, not but they're all names of like, like different characters <clears throat> from shows or animes or T te- like, um, from Hunter X Hunter. Yeah. Have you ever seen that? Yes. Hisoka. He okay. would be so funny to role play. <laughs> he goes from like being like evil, doesn't want to do anything, and then when he fights somebody who's like equal his power, he's like, "Oh yes." Mm. <laughs> he gets like all creepy, and like that would be fun right. to play him in like a one shot. Oh yeah. And then there's like another character would be funny to play, like Charlie Kelly from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, like yes. an illiterate buffoon, <laughs> a stump, like a, a bumbling buffoon says funny shit all the time like 
that's my D&D list where I'm just like, his Zoko would be kind of funny to play. I've always wanted to play a character that, um, cause you know how like with warlock magic and like summoning characters, they're basically like plucked from like their, like, you know, area or dimension and placed into like the warlocks control. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always wanted to play a character that was, um, plucked, but then like, as the warlock was summoning this like creature, the warlock was killed. And instead of dispelling <laughs> and sending like that creature back or what have you, the creature stays oh. and like that creature has no idea what's going on. It was just pulled from its world. And like now That's all cool. of a sudden, like, I, and I just like every now and then, like I'll be like at work or something like that, putting away a load, you know, putting boxes on a <laughs> shelf or something. And I'll be like, you, you're just like, I'll be like, <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> like, Dude, you just I, drop the you drop like I the do. carton of milk all over the place. <laughs> mid I just you're like stacking stuff. I zone out. <gasps> right. <laughs> <laughs> I like zone out and think about like, you know, characters that I want to build for D&D. And it's 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 so fun. Like, I love it. And then I'll like, you know, I'll get back into like my group of my like, you know, usual friends. And like, we'll be like talking. I'll be like, what do you guys think about a character like this? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, like, that's really cool. Like, I've been thinking about this and I've been thinking about this. And it's everybody's got all oh, the characters. God, right. In their head. I just love that it's like something that like, you know, people who are really like into D&D like do that where they'll like see something or just think about something and it's yeah. like that would be an amazing D&D character. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> listen, I am not a good writer. So people who put time and effort into like constructing like you dude, you put fucking 3 pages together on the background <laughs> of your I think when I did Ragnar, I said uh Left at church when he was baby. Humans <laughs> raised him in Church of Lathander. Paladin, good, yes, I think. Question mark. Yeah, like absolutely. that was my background. That was yeah. it, <laughs> dude. I had, I had like a, <clears throat> I had like a whole like scene, like a like a scene in like a that's TV so show cool. for Cole Fang. And I should what... do that. Then I should like challenge myself to do <clears throat> that for the warlock character. Like write like a typed out scene or something. Absolutely. Or do an audio bit. Have you ever done like audio clips? Mike and I were doing that for a while. What? Is, oh, so like you just like pull like audio we would do from... like a backstory. Like we would, uh, like Dennis and I and Mike when we play, we could either just read like the notes from last game, right. and then Dennis gives us inspiration for it. Yes. One time, I took audio samples from my character i mapped out like a script between ragnar and we didn't know who the creature was it was just like an ogre sounding creature at a campfire and ragnar was telling the story of this time i did a thing with with my wizard friend which was what happened last week so it was like a first person narrative of that and what i did was i like recorded the intro put background music to it and we kind of just like put some like energy into it and also kind of like foreshadow stuff. Maybe him and Shalaz aren't together anymore. What's why is he on the road with this ogre? Like, and give us more things to kind of like pull from. Right. Dude, that's awesome. It was cool. Mike and I were doing that for a long time. And then him and I were like, <clears throat> we play every week. I'm tired. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like a cool, like we got, we had like a nice like timing and rhythm down. And then, uh, I don't know. It's just fun. Everybody has like that own little, I think everybody's game is so much different, which is, which is awesome because there's just no, there's, it's like limitless options. Oh yeah. And you never know what, you know, you never know the characters too in your party, like what they're going to do or what like the people are thinking, like, you know, if, if they're playing a character that's like, you know, a drunkard and like, you know, is kind of like. Yeah. wild card baby wild card baby wild card you know, yeah <laughs> see have you ever played see? with like those kind of people you know the people that are yes the, what are they like cringe serious like the hobo killers they call them right yes absolutely. have you ever played with them um i i've been buddy, very fortunate my buddy griffin played a character uh, like that and i was mm-hmm. like oh man 
Like yeah, it added rough. so much to the story. I will give him that. Like there were so many like more instances where we had to like pull together as a team because of him. But it was like every now and then there would be just like something happening where we didn't, you know, there didn't need to be like an added aggression or something like that. And then all of a sudden here comes Griffin's character, like smashing a bottle on somebody's head just because (laughs) they like wanted to or something like that. And we're like, what are you doing? (laughs) I've been fortunate. Like it's, it's only Mike and I, Mike, me play and Dennis DM. So it's like, way less variables involved when it's just us two and not all those people wanting to play a hobo killer bottle smashing over the head kind of guy. (laughs) Yeah. I think you, you definitely, you, you pick up like so many personalities when you have a big group. It actually like, I feel bad for clay when he's DMing, when he has to kind of like take in everybody's like, you know, what everybody's doing at the same time, because I can't imagine like how, like with six people, like with two people, I'm sure it's much easier for a dentist to kind of like to corral figure out yeah. what's going on. Right. Where yeah. as you know, with five, it just starts to like, <laughs> right. Oh, you know, you oh, got shit. two people who wanted to go to the trade center. You got two people who wanted to go to the a bar. Lot. And then you got one guy who just like ran into a back alley. So yeah, he's right. like, you know, he's like, oh. he's like a mom with a bunch of kids trying to, yeah, like, trying to corral <laughs> them all together. <laughs> what, uh, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who wants to get into playing Dungeons and Dragons? Um, don't be afraid to go out of your like comfort zone because I've seen a lot of people who are very new to Dungeons and Dragons and, you know, obviously take a couple sessions to kind of like get the feel for what's going on. But when you're, you know, really into your character and you really play that character and you really have fun with it, you're gonna enjoy it so much more. Like, don't worry about what anybody else thinks. Like, I I go in there thinking like, yeah, I want to be over the top. I want to have fun. I want to make people laugh. Um, Not easy for everybody, but, you know, go in there and pick up on your group and and go off what people are doing because it's it makes it so much better when when everybody in the group kind of like you know adds their flair feeds off each other there's there's no wrong way to play your character i mean even if you're a hobo killer if you go in there and you are destructive at least you're you know doing it like it's, hey, also, hey, also, uh, there are going to be consequences for your actions. Okay? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> You're not just going to get off scot-free killing right. hobos in a city. Yeah. Okay. Remember to be good to your team, because if you are in that circumstance, your team's what's going to have to get you out of that circumstances, or you'll be surrounded by like six guards that are like, <laughs> we're going to yep. kill you. <laughs> we're going to kill you. <laughs> what is one thing that you do to help you stay role-playing with your character that is a very difficult question because for me i can't speak for everybody but as soon as i get into that setting or that atmosphere of like sitting around like our table getting ready to play dungeons and dragons as soon as the dm starts picking back up you know like the the visual cues in my eyes start to dim and all I hear is like the chattering of a town circle. And I just see my characters like looking at everybody else's characters. And I might be sitting next to Danny, but I see Danny's character. And, you know, I might be sitting over here and just like let yourself kind of like disappear into it all. Like just have fun with it, man. It's it's so awesome to just you know, Zen, go Zen with it. (laughs) What about, what is your, what, hold on, what was I going to say? I had a good question. Oh, what is your favorite thing about Dungeons and Dragons? What is your favorite thing about it? Uh, it's, 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 you know, 
running around with your friends or people who are very have similar interests to you you know we all have similar interests because we all wound up playing dungeons and dragons you know so being surrounded by groups of people who want to be there and want to do that and really go in and have fun with it is as well what it's all about it's it's amazing to be you know surrounded by the people who want to be there you know what i mean like that's that's what we're all there for and we're all there to have a good time and make each other laugh and you know save the princess from another castle <laughs> that's right dude exactly exactly <clears throat> dave Corey, good person hey right back at i didn't you, brother. think we were going to talk an hour about dungeons and dragons but we did it buddy that's all right. Very smooth. I was eventually going to ask you. Uh, I got one more question. Tell me why that. Well, uh, this is the last question. Well, we can end on, okay. on this one. Tell me why Munster cheese is the supreme cheese. Um. So, uh, it's not. Uh, like I said, this podcast is over. Thank <laughs> you. So, thanks for coming on. I guess. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> <laughs>